Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at lighthousechurchnc.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the dream team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoyed today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast. We're talking about finding the right one. You know, on, uh, uh, on any given wedding day, the passage of 1 Corinthians 13 is most often read. How many know what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about? It is all about love. And there's verses in there that talks about, you know, love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. And it goes on and on and on. Now, as you can imagine, this makes this passage of Scripture so popular on wedding days. But there's one verse here that we read that we're going to focus in on that isn't talked about enough. You see, because it is within this context of love that Paul finishes chapter 13. As he's getting towards the end of it, he says, now now, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. I've just talked to you about love. I've just talked to you about this, this biblical concept of love. But he says, when I was a child... I put away childish things. He's talking about love, y'all. He's talking about love, what love is and what love isn't. And, he, and he, he concludes that whole discourse by saying, when I was a child, I put away childish things. And that's important because I really believe that there are many people that have a childlike approach to love. The unfortunate thing about it is it's an adult decision. And you can't enter into a relationship with a childlike belief about love. Because here, here's the first thing that I want you to write down. Here's the first thing. The right one is a myth. Finding the right one is a myth. And, 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 and before you get all mad at me because you're sitting right next to your right one, let, let me phrase that for you, okay? Because we grew up, and if you're anything like me, you grew up watching Disney movies. And in the Disney movies, they sell you the narrative that as long as you meet your Prince Charming, everything's going to be okay. As long as you meet the right one, everything is going to be okay. It's going to make everything better. And we walk away really thinking that once I find the right person, it's going to fix everything in my life. That's wrong. And that's a childish approach to relationships. Now, sadly, many of you have this approach to relationships. Some of you might have even dated or married someone solely based on that. Once I marry that person, it's going to fix things. And for those of you that have not yet tuned into this series, I encourage you to go back and listen to our sermon for, the, for two weeks ago where we talked about men. Men, I got right up in your grill talking about how all of your issues are not going to be fixed magically at the altar when you say I do. That's going to not all of a sudden get you to stop looking at every girl that crosses your path. And, and, and women do this too. Women are probably do this even more than men. Because they think as long as I meet my Prince Charming, everything's going to be okay. Well, I hate to break your bubble, but the right one is eventually going to do the wrong, thing, the wrong thing. That's the next thing I want you to write down. The right one will eventually do the wrong thing. And what are you going to do when the, right, the person that you thought was the right person for you does the wrong thing? And the truth is, and all the married people, you can back me up on this, Mr. Right is eventually going to do the wrong thing. 
Mrs. Wright is eventually going to do the wrong thing. Can I get a good amen out of all the married folks that can agree that eventually my spouse is going to make a mistake? It happens. And all the single and the naive people are like, no, they just married the wrong ones. No, no, no. They, they married the right ones. They married the right ones. But if you walk into a marriage thinking that he or she will never disappoint me, man, you've just disappointed yourself. Because you've gone into this thing with this childlike belief that everything is going to be better. And so what can we do to protect ourselves from finding the wrong one? How is it that we go into this relationship and make sure that we do end up with the right one? And how do I not fall for the wrong one? And listen, the reason all of the married, all the married folks in this room said, hey, yeah, eventually the right one will let you down. You, what's so important and the reason those that have stayed the course have been able to stay the course is because they had the right foundation. So that when your spouse lets you down, you didn't walk away on that marriage because you had your foundation right. When you have the right foundation, even when the right one does the wrong thing, you can survive that storm. But when your marriage isn't built on the right foundation, when you go into the wrong relationship for the wrong reasons, you won't be able to survive those storms because you've made the wrong things the right things. The thing you're, you believe like this is the way it ought to be, and, and that's not the way it should have been. You built your relationship on the wrong foundation. So, so many of us, if we had to start writing down a list of these are the things I want in the right one, here's what many of us would do. We'd probably start off with looks because looks are important. You want to be attracted to that other person. You might write down intelligence. You might write down family. Let me, let me back that off. You should write down family. Because how many know you don't just marry the other person, but you marry their family? Married people, can I get a good amen? Whether you like it or not, you are marrying the family. For some of you, the height has to be right. For others of you, the money has to be right. You want to hear how shallow Pastor Josh can be sometimes? <laughs> I'm going to put myself on blast right here. Sometimes I'll tell my son, Jaden, I said, Jaden, when you get old, you're going to find a beautiful God-fearing woman, and her daddy's going to be loaded. <laughs> I'm planting the seed, you know. Like, so there's going to be a harvest. I'm kidding. Sometimes I'm not. Career. I mean, these are things that should be important, right? I mean, he should be someone. He or she should be a person that knows where they're going. How about credit score? Because you don't just take the wife. You take her debt, too. So if you think, man, she always looks so good and it's all on credit, guess what? That's your bill. That's your bill, okay? You inherit that Macy's or Nordstrom gift card. It's not the only, come on now. Personality. So you write all these things down, right? And there could be more, whatever your list is. We write down our lists when we look for the right person. We write down our list and we, we head into a relationship looking for these things. Now, lists are good. Lists are great. But do you want to know what happens all too often? We have our lists, but the minute we have attraction and chemistry, nothing else matters. Oh, I'm going to talk about this. A lot of women enter into relationships with a good list, but the minute she's attracted to him and the minute there's chemistry, it's like, what list? I had a list? And, and, and many of you stop at attraction and chemistry, and this is a bad place to stop. This is a bad place to stop. The minute you think, well, we're compatible, and I'm attracted to that person. So, therefore, this must be the right person. Now, now for girls, 
This is how the attraction and the, the chemistry comes to be. This is for girls. Let me, let me pick on the ladies for a moment. When a guy listens, that's a big thing, right, ladies? You want a guy that listens to you. When he takes care of her, he buys her nice things. Or just, I'll put things because nice is a very, that's a personal definition there. He buys her things and he treats her well. And what happens is many women stop right there. Well, he listens. He nice, he's nice to me and he buys me nice things. Well, have you ever thought for a moment that might be because he wants something out of you? Maybe what you ought to do is find out how he treats his mama. Thank you. Maybe you ought to see how he treats his sister. Maybe you ought to ask, do you even have a job? I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days. Like, what are you starting? Seriously, a couch warming business? Um, is, does he have any addictions that he's bringing in? to that relationship, or maybe he's the one that's drowning in debt. And what happens is, for most women, because he takes care of her, he listens, okay? Because he does those things, we will ignore everything else, and we'll do this whenever your mom or dad try to talk you out of it. But he loves me. How many women do that? There's, there's the list that they should be working to, but the minute they're attracted to them, and the minute they have chemistry, they throw out the list, and all they care about is, but he loves me. But he loves me. Girl, of course he loves you. He wants something out of you. So you got to be looking at the right things. How does he treat his mom? How does he treat his sisters? Is he kind to people? Is he not kind to people? Look for other things beyond attraction and chemistry. Now, for guys, it don't take much. I mean, for a guy, I mean, if she pays attention to him and she looks good, that's it. I mean, that is it. I mean, if she just looks, I mean, if she pays attention to him and laughs at his jokes, I mean, most guys are a sucker for that. She likes my corny jokes, bro. And that's about it. And because we have those things, we'll forget about everything else. She could be drowning in debt, and that's your debt. She can come from a jacked up family. Be, be careful, fam. Be careful, okay? And, and, and because we have attract, because there's chemistry and there's attraction, we literally throw everything away. And y'all got to be careful with that. That's the wrong foundation to enter into a marriage into. Solely on attraction and solely on chemistry, you will have problems down the road. Now, women do this crazy thing. Women do this wild thing. I don't know why women think like this. I told all the men I was coming for the women today. So men, back me up up here, okay? A lot of women think, but I can fix him. I mean, just because you saw a few episodes of Fixer Upper, you think you're the next coming of Joanna Gaines. And you're ready to put some shiplap on that dude. That ain't going to fix the fact that he doesn't have a job and no vision for his life. And too many women fall for Fixer Uppers. You think he's a project. And you enter into a relationship thinking, girl, but I can fix him. And here's the danger in that. I call this the altar of confusion. This is not in the notes, but you should write this down. I call this the altar of confusion. Here, here, here's the altar of confusion. Men, men think that women are never going to change. <laughs> oh, come on, men. Back me up on that. We think women are never going to change. I'll explain that more in just a second so y'all don't think I'm being mean, okay? You're like, Pastor Josh is harsh. No, I've just seen this. A lot of men think, oh, she'll never change. Oh, she'll never change. And women think, oh, but I'm going to get him to change. And so there's two people at the altar. I mean, it's too late. They're getting ready to say I do. And in his mind, he's like, she's never going to look. 
She's never going to stop looking this gorgeous. She's never going to look, she's never going to stop being this thin. She's never going to stop being this way. And that's what he thinks. And so he's like, she's coming down and he's like, I hit the jackpot. And then you got the woman on the other side looking at him like, I can't wait to fix this guy. I cannot wait to make him better. It's going to be so, that's the altar of confusion. You're both standing there at the altar, and here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal, girls. Men are not going to change that much. They might change a little, but they ain't going to change that much. There's a pastor at our South Campus, Pastor Ruben. Many of you know him. He has this saying. He says, Josh, people change, but not that much. (laughs) People change, but not that much. And so men aren't going to change, and men, women are. Let, let, me, let me give you the rationale. Let me, can, can I just be logical for a second with you all? See, here's what happens to women. Women, as they get older, their bodies start to go through a lot. They start bringing children into this world. And so if I can just appeal to your logic for all you dudes that think she's never going to change, she's going to change. Because as she becomes an incubator for another human inside of her, chemicals change. It causes her reactions to change. It causes her demeanor to change. And then, depending on how many kids you have and what that looks like, you might have to deal with postpartum depression. And a lot of women, after having so many kids, it could be one, it could be however many you decide to have. Let the Lord use the fruit of your womb. But depending on what you have, there's a lot of women that will then start to suffer with depression. And what will happen is some men think she'll never change. And now that she's depressed, they're wondering, where's the woman that I married? Oh, you thought she wasn't going to change, but she's going to change. Do you, do, do you think it's impossible to think about this for a second? She's got another person living on the inside of her, okay? Everything that goes on with that chemically that happens with the women, men have to be mindful of that. So men, she's going to change. And just once you think she's done changing, she's going to hit 50 years old. And guess what? More changes. Why are, the only, why are only the seasoned ladies laughing at that joke right now? Young ladies, it's coming, all right? And men don't think about this. They just think about the woman coming down the aisle in her beautiful white dress. She'll forever be a size two. She's going to change. And that is why your relationship has to have the right foundation. Now, let me talk about the men for a second. You see, the men tolerated. <laughs> they put up with you treating them like a project because they wanted to marry you. You see, they wanted the good stuff. They wanted the goods, okay? But the minute they say, I do, do you want to know where the concept of nagging wife comes from? They're done with you trying to fix them. They're done with you trying to fix them. So they put up with it until you got to the altar, but once you got to the altar and they said, I do, are we going back? We're going back to, to week one. Remember what I said? When the conquest is over and the men have captured their prize, if you will, if the men, they, they marry that woman, guess what? They think, I don't have to put any more effort into it. And that's why I spent week one reminding the guys, hey, listen, you got to pursue her every single day. But if it's hard for a man of God to pursue his wife, how much more someone who doesn't get all of this? How much more someone that has no concept of when the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do to demonstrate his love for the church? He laid down his life. And so Paul writes that the highest form of love is a sacrificial love. 
And so men, what will happen is, again, we're at the altar of confusion. Are you guys with me so far? Am I helping anyone so far? Men and women and singles, I hope you all getting this. You better be taking good notes right now, okay? As they stand at the altar of confusion, understand that, that women think one thing and men think something beyond that. And that is why you have got to get beyond attraction and chemistry and establish the right foundation to your relationships. Because he will let you down. She will let you down. And if your foundation is wrong, you will not survive the storm. You won't. And let me give you something else. All the men are going to say the amen. Well, they may not say it loud, especially if you're sitting next to your wife. But uh, men are sexually attracted to a lot more people than they are actually relationally compatible with. Men are a lot more attracted. And I think this is true of women, too. But let me just pick on the men for just a second here. I mean, for, for men, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm way more attracted than people I'm compatible with. I mean, it's the same is true with women. Women, you, you'll be attracted to a man, and you'll even be, we'll have, I've got chemistry. But you ignore all the list of other things that aren't supposed, the things that you have to have right. And so based on attraction and based on chemistry, we run into a relationship. And, and, we, and, and we go into a marriage just because we're attracted to that person. And we have this, we are so naive going into that marriage thinking that she will never change. Or that I can make him change. He's my project. I'm going to fix him. That's real naive to go that way. All right? So, have I scared you yet? Anybody want to just stay single until the rapture? Anyone just like, I'm, I'm going to be a bachelor until the rapture. I mean, I'm good now, Pastor Josh. But let me help you because I know I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to just put you all on blast and make marriage sound horrible. Marriage is awesome when you're married to the right one. <laughs> Amen, men? Golly, I teed you up right there. So I hope the right one's sitting next to you. Marriage is awesome when you're married to the right one. And there's some people, if I'm being honest, and if we're all being honest, there's some people that, that might be in this room that have already been through a marriage and that marriage didn't survive. And y'all be amen to me too. Like, yeah, marriage is awesome when it's the right person. It's absolute hell when it's the wrong person. And so here's what you need to do. Going on. To find the right one, I need to become the right one. So in order to find the right one, because the quote-unquote fairy tale Disneyland marriage does not exist, because finding the right one isn't going to make everything better, especially if it's built on the wrong foundation. To find the right one, I need to become the right one. I need to become the right person. Let me ask you this question. Are you the person that the person that you are looking for is looking for? Are you the person that the person you are looking for is looking for? Because some of us come with a list. We're like, oh, my boo thing needs to have all this going on in his life. And then we look at what you got going on in your life, and it's like this. <laughs> You're still being supported by mom and dad. Uneducated. Haven't figured out what your purpose on life is. And what happens is many people have these unrealistic expectations, and we think, this is the man I'm looking for. But you're not the person he's looking for. You're not the person he's looking for. You're not the person she's looking for. And I've seen a lot of guys do this. There's just guys like, I want a 10. My pastor says this a lot. Pastor Sam says, you want a 10 and you're like a three. <laughs> it's like, what makes you think that she's even going to give you the time of day? And so let me ask you that. Are you the person that the person you are looking for is looking for. And if not, can you make a commitment to become that person? Can you make a commitment to improve? Can you make a commitment 
to be that person that you need to be. Because here's the deal. If you can't make and keep a commitment to yourself, what, think, what makes you think you can make and keep a commitment to someone else? Tracking with me so far? If you can't keep a commitment to yourself, how can you keep a commitment to anyone else? Think about that for a second. I mean, let me ask you this. Would you want someone committing to you that is unable to commit to themselves? If, if, if you think you found Mr. Right and you put him on a budget and he can't commit to a budget, what does that say about what he's bringing into the marriage? If he can't commit to stop talking to other girls on social media, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't even commit to, like, stay off his DMs. What makes you think he can remain committed to you? So, guys, girls, if they can't honor commitments to themselves, what makes you think they can honor a commitment to you? So you need to, first off, become committed to yourself. I remember when my wife was pregnant and um, we were getting ready to have our first, our first child. Um, with, <laughs> man, for, for a couple that, you know, kind of wanted to have a girl was really jacked up to be told by the to be told on the first go around that we were having a girl and get all excited and buy little girl clothes and then the second time we go in they're like oh no that's definitely a boy that's definitely a boy and uh, which kind of jacked up because we haven't had a girl since all right um but I remember something changed in me because we thought we were having a girl okay and then they got it wrong I guess we went a little too early and then they're like oh no that's definitely a boy and I remember I was really excited but then something else happened something else I, I was terrified because I've got three brothers, and so I come from a family of four boys. There are no girls. And um, I remember how, how full of energy we were. So when I found out that my wife was having a boy, something woke up in me. I was like, yo, I got to make changes in my life. Because right about that time of my life, I, I was going at about a good 205, 210. I was, I was obese, and my doctor um, humiliated me in a visit and pretty much told me, you got to make some changes. And, and through that process, I remember just being on a weight loss journey, but I did it for the right reasons. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to be the, be the best dad that I could be. And I was going to get in shape, and I was going to watch what I ate, and I was going to do better. Because there was another little boy coming into this world. And then there was a second boy. And now we've got three boys, okay? And uh, so we've got three boys that we call our little lions. And, and, and let me tell you, they, they run as ragged sometimes. But in a good way. They're healthy boys, right? Sometimes I might think, my God, they're so full of energy. But how many know that that's really just a sign of God's blessing? They're healthy. So I'll take the energy all day. I'll take it all day. So, um, and so, so why did I say all that? Because for women, you got to understand this. People don't change for people. Very seldom do people change because of other people. People change because they want to change. When I found out that we were having a boy, I wanted to change. Now, if I'm being honest, I might ask myself, why did it take a boy? I, I don't know why. I can't give you the why. But I can tell you that right when we were having our son, I mean, life was crazy. I was working like crazy. I was also a full-time student in my master's program, get my master's in business. And so my wife was pregnant. I'm 30 years old, and I'm also a full-time student at the university trying to get my master's in business. And so I had gotten to this place physically where I wasn't happy, but that I made a commitment to change. But understand that that was a commitment that I made to myself. And women, you got to understand that you're not going to make him change unless he wants to change for himself. 
Because people don't change for other people. People change because they want to change. And you have got to be so committed to yourself that you're going to be willing to change. You are going to start becoming the person that the person that you are looking for is looking for. Because here's what happens. When you start becoming the right person, you start seeing the right person. When you start becoming the right person, you start seeing the right person. Let me give you an example this way. If you've ever drove down the highway, and I don't know how fast you go, if you're like me on a Sunday morning, I'm going about a good 80 and praying that the Lord would blind the eyes of the cops on the way up the highway, okay? Um, but if you're going down a highway, you can't lock eyes with people that are going in the opposite direction, right? Not on a freeway. But you can actually turn and at the right timing see someone who's going in the same direction as you. And so when you're going in the right direction, people that are also going in the right direction, you're going to be able to see them. So the people that you thought, there is no right guy for me. They're not out there. They don't exist. They're not at my church. They're not here. And so, we, so we go around looking for the right guy, the wrong girl. And the problem is you want someone, but you're not heading in the same direction as them. So when you start going in the same direction as this person that you are looking for is going, then you're going to finally be able to see them. But you can't see that person unless you're going in the same direction. Let me give you another example. How do you remember getting your first car? How many remember that? You, how many remember that buildup to the car that you really wanted? I remember when there was a car that I, I really, really wanted. What happens when you, when you determine the car that you really want? Don't you see that car everywhere? You're like, what in the world? This is the world's most popular car. Everyone wants the same car and in the same color. And it's not that, it's not that all of a sudden everyone went to the dealer and had the same idea as you. Now your eyes are open to what other people are doing. And so... When you have your eyes focused on the right things, when you are becoming the right person, you are going to start seeing the right person. So you have got to make a commitment to yourself. And if, and if, and if I'm talking about anything in this, in, this, in this message about relationships, and if you feel like, like I've compromised on my list. Pastor, I had a good list, but, but as the years went on, I, I narrowed down my list and and. And as I began to narrow down my list, I, I started settling. Don't settle. Don't ever settle. You are a son or daughter of God, and he's got somebody for you. And because he's got somebody for you, you've got to ask God, am I the person that you need me to be? Because when you start becoming the person God needs you to be, I'm confident that he's going to start bringing the right person into your life. You tracking with me, young people? So in order to find the right one, we need to become the right one. And the last thing we need to do is, and let's get this on screen, you need to abandon childhood notions of love. You need to abandon childhood notions of love. I'm going to read our first scripture, and then I'm going to throw a different, then I'm going to take that scripture, and I'm going to rewrite that scripture. So the first thing that we read today was, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, Let's rewrite that verse. Let's get that up on the screen. Thank you, media team. I appreciate everything you do for me. So let's get that, that scripture up on the screen as we rewrite it now. I've changed it. When I was a child, I talked about love like a child talks about love. I thought about love the way a child thinks about love. But when I grew up, I put those childish ideas about love behind me. And this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to put away childish childhood ideas of love that other person that you meet will not fix you whatever brokenness you bring into your marriage will be there unless you start to deal with it unless you start to deal with it 
And let me talk to the married folks in the room for a while, because I hope you didn't tune out and think, well, he's just talking to the singles today. I told you we were going to hit all comers in this series. But let me talk to the married folks and just in this room. Just as I shared my story about how I made a change, you can make a change too. And, and, and there are lots of areas in my life where I have had to take a hard look at who I was becoming and make the changes that I needed to make so that I could fulfill my obligation to my wife to become the husband that she needed me to become. And so I don't care what your issue is. I don't care what you're going through. You can all make a commitment to yourself to change. You can all make a commitment to yourself to change. Let me just, can I just bear my soul for just a moment? You know, I'm 38 years old, and uh, I've, and I've lived long enough to see some of my friends get married and see some of my friends get divorced. And you want to know what's bugged me about some of those divorces is when they divorce, all of a sudden the guy gets his stuff together. You ever seen that happen? I mean, all of a sudden the girl starts working out. And, like, and, and, and for the guys, like, now you're going to do the thing that your wife always asked you to do? And some guys do this. I mean, my wife asks guy to get his stuff together, never get it together in the marriage. But then they go through a divorce and like, wait, now you're going to become that guy? You, you, you're going to become that guy for someone you've not even met, but you couldn't become that guy for the person that you married? You're going to wait till it's all said and done to finally start doing the things that she's wanted you to do? And I've seen this play out so many times. This is real talk right here. I remember there was someone that I knew where part of the reason that marriage didn't last is because the wife wanted to move to a part of the country and the husband said no. And then they divorce. She moves to that part of the country. Well, guess what that joker decides to do? And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Now you're going to move now that the marriage is over? You get what I'm talking about? And I know this is really in your face, but I've just lived long enough to see it. I live long enough to see it, and I'd hate to see any marriages in this room get to this place where you make a commitment to yourself when it's too late. Listen, you can make a commitment today to start being the person that your spouse needs you to be. You can make a commitment today, but you have got to want to make that commitment. You have got to want to be that person of change. As I said, and I'm going to close with this, this passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is read at weddings all across the country. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Love is patient. Love is kind. Well, let me, let me give you some context about what all this means. When, when the officiant says, love is patient, you want to know what he's saying? Men, women, move at the pace of your spouse. I've had to slow down my pace in life because I've got to move at the pace that my wife can run at. And she lets me know when my pace is off. I mean, so much so, all the men that were here in the early, early stages of this church, what's my word of the year? Pace. That was my word for this year was pace. Planting a church is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't have the first service, have over 400 people here and think, I'm done. I mean, I'm here for the long haul, y'all. And so the same way with love, love is patient. Patience means men, move at your wife's pace. Or sometimes it's the other way around. Women, you might have to run at your wife's pace. Why? Because that's what love does. Love is patient. Love is kind. When, when, when you are being kind, you are levering your, leveraging your strength on their behalf. Let me take you back, married folks. Let me take you back to when you were dating. When you were dating, there were things that your wife 
was weak at that you were strong at. And that's what attracted you to her. You were like, oh, I just compliment her. She's weak at this. I'm strong at this. We're a match made in heaven. And what happens is it was really cute as you were dating her. And then once you married her, now you can't stand it. You're rolling your eyes like, again? Wait, what happened? You used to love that about her. You don't get to stop now that you're married and start hating the thing that you loved about her. You don't. Men, women, you don't get to do that. You don't. And today is step two of the growth track. If you've not gone through step two of growth track, it's phenomenal because what we're going to do is we're going to help you understand your individual strengths and weaknesses. And you're going to find out that many of you compliment your spouse because God said to Adam, I'm going to give you a help meet, which means someone that's going to help you. So the things that you're weak out, your spouse is good at. Use them to your benefit, couples. That's not something to fight over. That's something to leverage. And when you are kind, you are leveraging your strength on behalf of your wife. And so sometimes I'll ask my wife, hey, I know you got a lot on your plate. You want me to handle this for you? If she says no, then that's my cue. I back down. But, but if it's an area where I know that she's weak at, I'm going to leverage my strength. I'm going to leverage my strength because I want to help her. I want to be that help me. Love doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. What Paul was saying is put away all of your insecurities. And yes, you can be married and still be insecure. You absolutely can. Trust me. I've counseled enough couples to, to see this play out where men and women who have, been, who have been married for years are still insecure with one another, still can't talk to one another. They're keeping things from one another. Love does not dishonor. The center of a healthy relationship is honor. And do you want to know how we demonstrate honor? You want to know how I demonstrate honor to my wife? I honor my wife by keeping commitments that I've made to myself. Okay? You don't honor your wife by after you divorce, now go become the dude that she always wanted you to become. You've dishonored your wife. You've dishonored your husband when you become that spouse they always wanted you to become now that you're free. I mean, come on now. You, you, you had that person, but you, you, you were missing the point. Love is not self-seeking. Ha, I love this right here. Can you put your interests aside for theirs? Women, listen to me. If he could never put aside his interests for yours, dump him. Stop right now. Well, well, I'm fixing him. <laughs> you ain't going to fix him. And I've seen this happen with so many women. There's just, they're just so, I'm going to just say it, they're just so thirsty. I mean, like, they do it all for him. They pick him up. They plan the date. They buy the flowers. They book the reservations. They plan the vacation. Well, he's just not wired that way. It's going to get old. So if you find that he can never put his interests aside for yours, get rid of him. That might have been the best thing I told you ladies all day long. You should clap on that. Get, if he can't put his own interests aside ever, I mean ever, like you're the dude that's always getting picked up by your girlfriend to go on a date, come on. Wake up, women. Wake up. Love is not easily angered. It doesn't react. Love responds. Love keeps no record of wrong. You've got to have grace for their weaknesses. And that's what love does. You want to figure out how to rekindle that spark in your marriage? Go back and read that and start doing that. Start doing that again. Fall in love with your spouse again. Just because you married her and you said, I do, you may not be done becoming the right one. Y'all with me? All right, I want to pray with you all. I pray that some of this has helped you. 
Because I want to, I, I don't want you having a childish idea of what love is. It's important that we get the right idea. Come on, let's lean in for a second. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.